In answer to the question, where can I get such tracks? Uh, I will stay after and, and we will uh, help answer that question for any individuals who would like more specific information. I already mentioned to you the website address for World Harvest Missions, www.whm.org. Mount Zion Publications from Pensacola, Florida. No email address on the back, but there is a phone number. Uh, has done a lot of good material that I find very helpful in the Mexican context and that is translated into the Spanish language. I'm holding in my hand one that I've gone through with several men. Reconciliation, man's greatest need. Is their website? It is, it's cha I'm sorry, yeah, it is. I forgot to mention Mount Zion Publications is of Chapel Library. So Tony thinks that it's chapellibrary.org. This all in, in uh, more of a, not so much answering, the, 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 but uh, fleshing out the tools that are available, tools that we can use, tools that we need to have at our disposal, tracks that, that are available and out there. But also John Culley asked me to announce to the family camp, you know, we've had two things going on at the same time. A uh, counseling seminar at La Mesa, uh, a New Life Church, Roger and, and George Scipioni and others are there now. And uh, because of the conflict and the fact that many of us were overextended, we were not able to do a book table this year. But as you go through your suggested reading list there in the back, if there are any books that you would like to see, again, I really highlight John Piper's Let the, Let the Nations Be Glad. You will love that book. There are many, I, I recommend all of them. I really do. Uh, well, how can I get that book? Unfortunately, there wasn't a book table kind of thing. John asked me to uh, distribute these business cards. You can pick one up if you'd like to have an easy way to order the book online. His uh, website address, his email address, where you, where you can order and things like that. You probably already know and have this, but he said, just take these cards with you. And that's one easy way to get in touch with us and or order books. I want to tell you a couple of interesting anecdotes. And uh, Bill, are you back there? Fine. Good. Good. I'm glad he's not. It's going to be off the tape. Uh, and for only one reason. I, I, don't, I don't have permission to repeat this, uh, that, that it be repeated throughout the land, as it were. I'm not, I'm not sinning by what I'm about to share, on the contrary. But I, I wouldn't be comfortable saying it for the tape uh, without such permission. But I just heard something that was third hand, third source, but it's very fresh, the information that was given to me by uh, Kurt Oliver uh, just now. He said, Dave, by the way, uh, anecdotally, but you might be interested to know that I just was at a conference where uh, stressed the attribute. There was a bear. I saw it. I saw it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There was a bear. <laughs> that is so Ethan Chion, who I didn't really know until this family camp. What a blessing it has been to get to know that young man. There was. There was. Really. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, really. I said, Ethan, keep talking. You know, anyway, we, know, we don't know what there was. Alrighty. Uh, questions and answers. I will be as diligent as I can be to make my answers succinct so we can keep going and moving on and, and go with the encouragement and the hope of Christ in our hearts. 
and on our lips. Any questions? Lisa. Lisa, hold that question. Bill asked me, Bill, is the tape back on? If I would do the Phil Donahue fang. I'll get my exercise. I couldn't go running with Adam Kemp in the morning, but I will get my three miles in right now. This isn't really a question, but I wanted to see if you would role play like how you could um, have like a common situation be an opportunity to witness. Oh, could, you know, this is a great idea. One of the things, not just with that, but with the whole seminar, what happens when you realize you're speaking ah, 11 times in five days is that, is that then you say, what will I have to leave out? You know, it's, uh, so what can I emphasize in getting in? What, one thing I could have done or should have done, perhaps in some follow-up, would be a role-play uh, of evangelistic opportunities. Now, even there, you'd have to select and choose. Jane? I'll be the trash man. You'll be the trash man. I'll be the trash man. Uh, and I guess I would pick and choose any... I, I do try to tailor make my evangelistic presentation to the opportunity. So... Uh, I, I guess if I did any role playing, it would be so, it would be so uh, uh, selective that perhaps it wouldn't be broad enough to 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 be uh, beneficial at the general level for, uh, for our purposes here this morning and also take too much time. But I guess what you're saying is you'd like me to tell that story. Okay, uh, Jane came back. Well, well, let me back up a little bit, and, and uh, I hope this isn't counterproductive. I, I hope it's I hope it's helpful in the long run. Sometimes my answers I should just make them more succinct. What is the reformed view which from the scriptures which then will dictate our worldview which was really given to us by Calvin and one of the things that revolutionized our thinking about work the dignity therein and the Protestant work ethic that came out Phil oh no Phil Donahue I'm not this never happens to him it's that Work is, is um, one of the means, well, the idea of work as a vocation, uh, work as our calling, and how it is that we glorify God and even worship him through the work that we do. And there's an evangelistic aspect of our work. There's a worshipful aspect of our work. And we certainly don't merely worship God on Sunday morning or Sunday morning and Sunday evening in the public assembly, but we worship him all times, and we do it. We're worshiping him when we go Monday morning to fix the vehicles as an auto mechanic, or to the computers as a computer technician, or the preacher of the gospel. So I said to young people one time, I was asked to speak at their graduation ceremony, which is the only other time publicly I've told the story about my wedding. It was Covenant Christian School uh, in 1995. There were eight graduates. I was asked to be the speaker, and now a family camp. Why do I do this? But I said to them, it doesn't matter where you go from here in the sense to honor the Lord and bring glory to him. It doesn't matter if you'll be a missionary in Mexico or a mechanic in a Texaco. We're doing this together and all of it is part of our vocation whereby we worship the Lord, bring glory to him, and um, enjoy him forever. Now, what does that say about our understanding of the trash collection and the trash men that come by our door? Especially when this comes right up against the Mexican notion of which jobs are noble and dignified and which are not and a source of shame. We don't buy any of that. We don't believe that. You know, I'm not fulano de tal licenciado. 
de parte de quién? El licenciado fulano y tal. And unless you have that, that title before your name, you're not going to be heard. We don't believe that. Our authority is not on our own. Our dignity does not come from ourselves nor man, but only from the one who made us. Therefore, we should have a proactive and really positive attitude to get to know that man, which is he's there every Monday morning. And so what I would always do is go out with just something I've been studying or try, because I have a lot of trash. We generate a lot of trash, so we have a chance to talk to them. I don't know if they appreciate that. But, and, and so I've gotten to know these young men. I try to have a Bible verse or a tract or something, which I would share with them before they go. Well, I guess what Jane's getting at is it was kind of interesting. I haven't been able to do that this past year because I've been teaching at the seminary. So Monday mornings, I'm gone. I'm no longer there as the trash men come by. And the man said to Jane when, when he realized that I was absent and would be absent for a while, what did he say? I forget. He said, where is your husband? He always uh, shares the Bible verse with me when I pick up the trash. And I, and I never thought of it in those terms, I, uh, that, they, that he would miss it uh, when, I was, when I was absent. So, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of a verbal role play or kind of a recapitulation of what other things we can do. There, there are opportunities constantly. And... Uh, I think they would each be different. I think we need to consider, we need to be good listeners so that we can really hear what it is he or she are saying. And we need to uh, think and, and apply God's word perhaps a little bit differently in each opportunity, as well as the fact that if there is that opportunity where you have a fish that's biting, now he or she, are, they're asking the right questions. Now I'm going to pull out that tool and it might be grace, man, God, Christ, faith. It might be the new life. It might be the three questions but I've pretty much committed this to memory and I can go through it. If I have one with me, we'll do it or else I'll just do it verbally with the scriptures. Next person so I can get running again. You're so gifted and your personality fits so well. It's very easy for us to be tempted to think that's why David's a missionary because he makes all those opportunities but I don't have those kind of gifts and that's really not my, my thing. I can't do that. And I know that's what you've been trying to oppose the whole week long. Yes. But just now it occurred to me again that that's, that's an easy temptation for me to fall into or any of us to fall into. So rebuke us again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will and I won't. Uh, I, I need to, to exhort or perhaps even, even uh, admonish, perhaps even rebuke, if, if we are letting... Wrong reasons, the expression of the proud heart, the sinful heart, doubts, um, self-doubt, fear of man, whatever it might be, laziness, uh, to not take an opportunity uh, and then to not be ready to give the reason for the hope that we have. If, if, we, if we have these opportunities and we're for any of these reasons not seizing those opportunities, then we do need to be encouraged to be bolder for Christ. Uh, but, but at the same time, I want to reiterate that this is, there is a corporate nature to all this uh, well, for, for instance, perhaps in Mexico. I mean, that's really what I was talking about, the barrier there. This is, this is just, or at least at this point in my life, this is just a little bit too much for me. I can't consider doing it in Spanish. I don't have the gift of languages. I don't have a gift in music. I, I, I can't do these type of things, but I sure am glad that you can. And there I want to support you in prayer for what you're going to do this uh, coming Tuesday or whatever it might be. There is a very real aspect, and we, we would, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, underscore how it is that the, the body of Christ is working together for the witness of the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And, and therefore, some shouldn't be made to feel that they're not being used by God in the witness um, 
to him. So it's kind of a it's kind of a both and um, in different circumstances. But I, I, your point is well taken, Raleigh. Uh, we can you know gifts um, grow as we exercise them in faith, and we get better at it the more we do it. I used to teach swimming. I just see these little kids. They can't swim at all in the beginning. And they do the whole length of the pool at the end. They go, I did it. I told you you could. Uh, people who know me know that I am not eloquent. And I'm more likely to be cooking the meal for hospita- hospitality evangelism than actually doing the talking. But on the other hand, if I've been praying for six months for the non-Christian spouse of a member of our church to come to church... I feel like I'd better have a word of testimony to say to that person before they get out the door. People also know about my wife that she's accessible. She's accessible. And I have on more than one occasion come in through the front door thinking I'd turn and say, Hi, hon. Only to go. Because there would be a neighbor woman on the couch uh, with Jane, the two of them holding hands together and, uh, and the woman just, just crying. Uh, she was just shattered, her life shattered by the fact that he was cheating on her. And, 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 and what do I do? Where do I go? And she, she comes uh, to, to our door and, t- and seeking out my wife. And I just kind of tiptoe through the living room and walk back to my study and support her in prayer as, as she's ministering. It's, Jane's always been this way. Back to Moravian College Christian Fellowship, which became a chapter of InterVarsity. It, it was becoming apparent in our lives as we were uh, looking toward that day when we would uh, be married that there was a complement nature of the gifts here. I was the fellow at Moravian College that would invite everybody and greet them when they got there and say welcome and starting and things like that and get to know everybody. And Jane was the one who would identify. She over there has never been here before and I don't think that anyone has said hi to her. I'm going to go say hi to her before we leave. So we, we've always worked as a team in that, in that way. Does that, is that one or two more, Bill? Or we're running out of time. Mark and then Alan. Well, let, let me get my exercise. Thanks, Phil. Um, I relate to your testimony in many ways. We have some real similarities in our testimonies. Um, many, many years ago, I had op- a new Christian, new Bill Bright, Four Laws and all that, and I uh, was in a situation where I knew I had a great opportunity to witness, and I didn't take that. And I was really, uh, I was about two years old in the Lord and very, very down about how I had failed the one that I loved. And uh, reading the Scripture, here's a verse that really encouraged me, and I've never forgotten it. It's very simply, uh, follow me, and I will make you fishers of man. And the Lord said, it's not in you, it's in me. You look to me, and I will make you what you are not in yourself. Mm. You may be shy, you may not want to speak in front of people, whatever it is, you keep your eyes on Jesus, and He will make you the fisher of men. Not Dave or anybody else. It isn't a technique, it's a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's foundational to witnessing for Him. Thank you so much for that. Alan? Again, it's not a question. Um, It's kind of an observation. Uh, But you can tell me what you think of it. (laughs) We have a weekly prayer meeting at our church, which I'm sure most of us uh, have at at all of our churches. And I've been very disturbed for several years that week after week after week, 
We pray for the bad backs. We pray for the sick relatives. We pray for the under-the-weather people. We pray for the cancer patients. And there are a lot of those. We pray for ourselves. I've often urged our people in prayer meetings to say, to say, to understand the Lord knows your illnesses and he knows the illnesses of all of our people in the congregation and the Lord will heal and the Lord will not heal as he sees fit. And I'm not advocating that we be fatalists about that. Prayer for that is good and it's right. But occasionally I've told our people, let's not pray for those things tonight. Let's pray in the prayers that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that these other things will be added to us. I think I'm going to go back at our next prayer meeting this Wednesday, and I'm going to tell our people, we're not going to pray for ourselves tonight. We're going to pray for the missionaries. We're going to pray for Dave. We're going to pray for the unsaved loved ones that we have. We're going to pray for the, the neighbors that we know need the Lord. We're going to pray that the Lord gives us opportunities and that we're wide awake enough and prepared enough to take those opportunities. We're going to look for that double chocolate cake and we're going to start a conversation. Let's pray those prayers. The Lord knows our needs. But we need to start thinking and praying for those who don't know him. Thank you. It's 11.30, even 11.35. Joe? Bill, is it ready? are we ready to close? Could I ask you to close our time in prayer? Thanks. Yeah, let's, let's stand. Let's just uh, bow our heads for a moment in silence before our, our Lord and King and just, just pause. We've got a long way home. Just think about this week and the words that have been proclaimed to us and then I'll close in prayer. Most uh, gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we think of all those words written in the scriptures that you have graced us with, the exhortations, the commands, the encouragements, the warnings, the stories that show who you are and who we are as your people and who we ought to be. I do not believe that there's any of us this, this day who will go from this place unchallenged, unconvicted, uncut. Rejoicing in that the fact that we have been saved, we are born again in Christ Jesus our Lord, and we have done some things. And we have been encouraged this day, Father, to continue 
in well-doing, but to do more. Father, I thank you for David and Jane and for the message and the whole Crumb family, the message that they have even lived before us. They have opened the pages of their lives to us this week, as well as the pages of your word. And we have been pleased to observe those things which are for us doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in the way of righteousness. Our prayer today is that we would not only now give, have given ear to these things, but they would be truly hidden away in our heart and in due time bear forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness that would be a refreshment to our congregations, to our neighbors, to our nations, be it Mexico or America, Africa or Japan, Canada, England, all around the world. Jesus Christ said that he had come that we might have life and have it abundantly. Teach us, Father, how to share that life with others, to live Christ to our neighbors, to proclaim him upon the mountaintop and upon the valley, if within the valley of despair, to be available to you, to be, even as we are instructed this day, ready to give thought to our arsenal of tools, to be willing to be fools for Christ, to not be ashamed, but also, Father, be willing to be embarrassed if it brings another one closer to Jesus Christ. We thank you with full hearts for a full week. We ask you now that you would bless our journeys home, that you would give us traveling mercies, that as we go and we ponder this week and prepare ourselves for our time together again with our various congregations this coming Lord's Day that you are pleased to grant to your people each week, that we would bring back refreshing words of encouragement as well to those that are there. And then, Father, that you would just multiply this teaching in our churches and in our homes and in our lives that we've been privileged to hear. We thank you for our dean. We thank you for Lynn and for the various people that have worked and for the teachers that have attended to the instruction of our young ones this week. And we just thank you for this camp that truly has been a blessing to so many that have attended. And we would ask, Father, for next year's camp, for we look forward. Many times, O oh Lord, we think in terms of retreats to the mountains, but they're not for us, they're advances. And we look forward to next year when you will assemble us again together in this place where we can again study your word and grow in grace and in knowledge and in the riches of our Savior Jesus Christ. So with a heart-filled thanksgiving to you and looking forward to continued utilization of the blessings of Jesus Christ that we are so rich in, we just pray these things in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, 
to whom should be all the praise and honor and glory. Amen.